You are listening to the Willpower Podcast. Welcome to the show. I am Will Holdren, and I talk with some of the most influential CEOs, entrepreneurial leaders, and thought leaders to try and reveal the secrets that has led to their success. I believe that with the right knowledge and mindset, you can do anything you set your mind to. So if you want to learn how to change your life for the better, if you want to learn how millionaires actually became wealthy, or if you want to develop and start your own business from the ground up with the right knowledge to help you, then you are in the right place because this is the Willpower Podcast. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, if you have enjoyed an episode, then please, please open up Apple Podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And if you think we deserve it, scroll to the bottom, select write a review, and leave us a five-star rating with a review that states where you are from and one aspect of the show that you love. Once you do that, send me a screenshot and I will feature you on a future show and shout you out on my Instagram that has over 10,000 followers. Now let's get to the show with our newest guest. How's it going, guys? My name is Will Holdren. I'm the host of the Willpower Podcast, and today we have a very special guest. His name is Patrick Mazer, and Patrick is the co-founder of Wealth Institute Incorporated, and he is also a senior vice president at ACN. And on top of that, he mentors and leads others to live their best life, and he also helps people create a strong residual income. So it's an honor to have him on here. So Patrick, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, I couldn't wait to get on here, Will. Excited to uh, not only talk to you, but your audience, and uh, hopefully bring a lot of value to everybody listening. Well, I appreciate it. So to start off, as I like to ask all my guests the same question. Uh, so what motivates you to get out of bed every day to do what you do? You know, first of which, uh, you know, just years of being goal oriented, you know, always living that that life of abundance and, you know, knowing that you can do more, be more, have more. So I think that's just a habit I've created over the years. And, uh, you know, that's been something that served me well since uh, really diving into personal development. I think that's where it all started. Awesome. And so before people know you as the Patrick Mazer that you are today, can you kind of walk me through what your childhood was like and how it affected you? Yeah, great. Uh, well, first of which, my uh, my parents, you know, probably like a lot of people worked a nine to five. Uh, my father uh, worked for a major pharmaceutical company and will what happened to him, just like anybody that has a job over time, you start making money and you make a little more money and eventually you're more of a liability than an asset. So my dad in his mid fifties working for the biggest pharmaceutical company in the world uh, was told they no longer needed his services. So seeing that as a son thinking, man, I'm never going to let that happen to me. I always wanted to be a business owner, entrepreneur, you know, out there sort of making my own way. And, you know, fortunate enough for me, my parents were very supportive of that, meaning they weren't get the education, get the good job. Even though I did graduate from college, uh, they didn't push the, the, the 40 year career, 40 hours a week, you know, type opportunities. They were supportive on, hey, you should go do your own thing. That's really cool to hear. And do you think if your dad never actually got fired from that job, do you think you still would have ventured into entrepreneurship eventually? Or do you think you would have followed that nine five path? Yeah, great question. You know, I think I've always had that bug of, you know, I was a big dreamer. You know what I mean? I don't know if that people still do that, but I had, you know, the cars on the wall and the watches and you know what I mean? All the stuff that I wanted, you know, what I consider to be successful. So that was a big driver for me was, you know, the the showings of success, if you will, you know, the materialistic part of success. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so you always said you had that entrepreneurial spirit. So why did you decide to go to college then? You know, a great question. So, you know, at that point, you know, you got to remember, I'm probably, you know, older than most of the listeners, I would imagine. So, you know, it was unheard of not to go to college 25 years ago. You know what I mean? Like that was absolutely you, you were going to wash cars. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> if you didn't go to college, like people were convinced that, you know, yeah. you could you could make it in this world. So I think I did it more so for you know, to grow up and be mature. And I enjoyed university. I thought it was a great experience and I wouldn't talk anybody out of it if that's something that they wanted to do. Uh, I just don't find it necessarily, you know, needed today uh, when it comes to education. I mean, bro, this is before the internet. You know, YouTube can teach you everything you want to know. You know what I'm saying? You can actually access people that you couldn't access 25 years ago. Right, yeah, times have definitely changed. Like you said, 25 years ago, it probably was more important. Yeah, and we got all these other tools we can learn, learn on different skills and whatever you really want to. For sure. Um, so while you were at college, what degree did you end up getting? Got a history degree. So history. yeah, yeah, studied history. And to my point, you know, I wasn't there because I was looking for a career. I was there just to become a well-rounded person. So I really enjoyed history. I enjoyed reading. I enjoyed sort of everything that went along with that, knowing that when I got out that I was going to sort of do my own thing. So I wasn't real concerned about what the, you know, the degree was in, just that I, you know, spent four years and, and got a chance to mature. That's really interesting. And so after you graduated college with your history degree, I mean, what was that next step on your life path for you? Um, I immediately went and started detailing cars. So I had a mobile detail company. I started with a friend and we would go and detail people's vehicles at, at their at their offices, hospitals, you know, different doctors' offices, wherever. Anybody had a car. And I used to be like, dude, I'll just clean your car and then pay me whatever. And so even when people were like, I don't have a car, I'll just clean it anyway. I mean, let me just clean your car. And then they would naturally pay you because who's going to let you clean their car and not pay you? Right, right, right. And so how long were you doing this car detailing business? Uh, I did that for about a year, year and a half. And then, you know, I sort of came to the conclusion, like, you know, not going to get wealthy doing this. You know, I made money, you know, had a little bit of fun. Uh, but, you know, I was like, I need something else. So I jumped into the alarm system business. So home security and, you know, the concept being that I could get residual that, you know, to monitor someone's house, you pay a monthly subscription. So if I could get you to purchase a home security system, then I would make a percentage every month of that uh, home security monitoring. And that was my first taste of residual income I was like, this is awesome, man. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to, you know, if I sell thousands of them, I'm going to make, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month when I'm sleeping uh, challenges, just like a lot of businesses, you know, undercapitalized, you know, you have to get things financed. People that are, you know, in, in bad neighborhoods don't have the best credit, you know, so I sort of ran into some stumbling blocks and uh, then from there, I ended up getting rid of my customer base. I didn't have a big one, made a little bit of money. Uh, and then I started selling T-shirts at uh, different sporting events throughout the country. Like right now, I'd be doing love Trump, hate Trump. You know what I mean? I would have crushed it. I would have been selling face masks and hats and T-shirts. Like, you know what I mean? I'd be going wild right now uh, with all the political craziness going on. Uh, and I did that. I did, you know, NFL, NBA, NHL. I did all of the victory parties. So if a team won... I would go to the city that won and sell merchandise specific to that team. So yeah. it, it was really, you know, it was fun. I made money, but again, you know, everything came back to residual income. It's like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm making money, but I'm not making residual income. Like that's a wealth based principle period. That's it. You want to get wealthy. You got to make residual income period. You know what I mean? Like doctors don't make it. Lawyers don't make it. Yeah. You know, people that are the Jeff Bezos of the world and others, that's how they're doing it. 
Yeah, that's that's so interesting. I love what you said about how you were basically a salesman, basically out of college, and you're trying to sell all these units to homes to get the residual income. And yeah. sales is such like an impressive skill that everyone should learn because no matter what you do, basically it's all going to revolve around sales. And the better you are at sales, the better you are going to be like making money. Um, one hundred percent. You know, well, phenomenal insight. Look, Warren Buffett said the biggest. Uh, you know, what was his biggest? achievement if you will in life or what impacted him the most was going to a dale carnegie class to learn how to be a salesperson right so you think warren buffett you don't really think sales but it said that's what made him a great communicator um, because sales is just a communication of belief you know you're you're you know giving your belief to somebody else right and obviously you were pretty successful at sales early on in your career so how did you kind of learn those sales techniques because you didn't go to college for sales you went for history so How'd you kind of like get into that business and do well? I, you know, three things. Number one, tell me what you're reading. Number two, tell me what you're listening to. And number three, tell me who you're spending time with. So I would seek out, you know, people that were successful. And again, remember, this is, you know, you know pre-internet stuff. I would go to seminars. I mean, every single seminar I could humanly go to, I would go to. And it would be on anything. You know, if they had a seminar about whatever that was, I would go and attend because I knew that we'd get me leadership skills and communication skills. And eventually what I realized was, you know, the best communicators made the most money, you know, who, who runs religion, who runs government, you know, who runs uh, companies as communicators, people that can communicate a message. And that's when I really started to deep dive into learning how to be a better communicator. Wow. So you see, so you went to a bunch of different seminars and basically learned those techniques of how to sell well at those seminars. Then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, I think for anybody listening, look, you got to believe in what you're doing. And so, you know, whatever that looks like, the first sale anybody has to make is themselves. And once you are a raging fan and you totally believe you'll, you'll get other people to naturally want to do whatever that is, you know, and, and I'm going back to politics, but look, if some of these people would be this passionate about marketing, you know, sign in their front yard and a hat and a button and a t-shirt. They don't even do that with their own businesses. Right. You know what I mean? Like I drive past my neighbor's house. I can tell you who he's voting for. I don't know what he does for work. <laughs> That's very true. Very true. You know, if you think about it, it's like, dude, if you, if you got this passionate about what you do, you would make millions and millions of dollars. You know, right. they got signs on their car, signs in their yard. They're on their Facebook ranting and raving about who they believe. And I'm not a political person. I'm just stating the fact that, you know, if people just got that passionate about something that was business related, they would make a bunch of money because, you know, passionate pays. Right. And like you said, it all revolves around residual income as well. And like you said, that's how you create wealth. For sure. And I feel like so many people, they know that, but they don't actually act on it. And so I'm just curious, like, why do you think most people don't actually act on that on that fact that residual income does make wealth? because 99% of society's never made it. So, you know what I mean? Your, your uncle didn't make it, your cousin didn't make it, your dad didn't make it, your brother didn't make it. So, you know, it's sort of that, you know, that unicorn, if you will. It's like, yeah, I believe they're out there. I just never personally ever seen one. So, you know, I, I had the good fortune of studying wealthy people. And then when I realized was, you know, that's how they're making it. You know, and you see that more in acting where they used to get paid a one-time thing. And now all of a sudden they wanted a back-end piece of the movie and, you know, musicians synonymously and, and, art, and also authors, and other type people that get that repeat sale. So that was really once I became aware of it, you know, the challenge is like anything, it's, it starts out slow. And we live in that ADD society where 
you know, people want it now. Like I made no money for years, you know, and I was totally fine with it. You know, even though my friends were buying little cars and getting little houses, I didn't have anything, you know, but what I was doing was compounding, you know, doubling a penny every day for 30 days. Doesn't get interesting until the 25th day. You know what I mean? Before that, it's, you know, it's nothing. Right. Okay. So if someone was born in that family where their uncle didn't make it, their parents didn't make it, what would you recommend for them to do right now to start on their track to make some residual income? Number one, you know, I believe in mentorship. You know, I believe that, you know, a mentor should be remunerated on your success. Okay. Meaning a coach goes to the Super Bowl with the team. You know, the coach doesn't, you know, not, you know, profit from the success of the team. So I'm always like, you know, show me who you're working with or people that are out there in the world that will give you mentorship. My only you know, suggestion is make sure they profit off of your success, because if they don't profit off your success then they're not really 100 percent, you know, uh, accountable to your success. You know, if you and I are business partners, well, and you don't make any money, I don't make any money. Well, I'm a little more passionate about helping you than if you're my student and you're paying me money for mentorship. If you don't make it, that's okay. I got paid. Right, right, right. So how can people go about finding those mentors that don't technically want like a, a flat fee up front, but rather want to be like direct sales? You know what I mean? The direct sales industry. In my opinion, the best industry out there for the average person. You know what I mean? Like, look, it's easy to make money if you have money. I don't care if you live in India, in the United Kingdom, or in the United States. If you have money, you can make money because money makes money. If you don't have money, you need skill set, mindset, and an opportunity. Those are the three things you need. You need the skill set, you need the mindset, you need the opportunity. The benefit of the direct sales industry, and I'm partial obviously to my company, but there's a lots of great ones out there. What it will do is it will bring you in, it will teach you the mindset you need to win. Not everybody you know around you really cares if you win. People that say you're their friend aren't really your friend. You know what I mean? Some of the things that I had to learn as you do over time, it's like, you know, what I thought was really wasn't. And then the second thing is the skill set, meaning, you know, they'll teach you what you need to do to be successful. And then in the direct sales industry, the better you do, the better I do. So, you know, me coaching and mentoring you to make money actually makes me money too. So now you have somebody alongside of you that will give you the confidence. And what I mean by the confidence is we're all questioning ourselves. Why do we invest with the financial planner? Because we believe more in his ideas than our own. So if you have that coach next to you that can sort of say, hey, turn left, turn right, you know, you have a lot more confidence in what you're doing or, hey, look, this is normal. You know, I know what your experience is in normal. OK, it makes you feel better at that point to say, OK, you know, not every day is a good day and everybody's going to do what I do. And that's normal as opposed to questioning, hey, maybe I choose the wrong thing. Right, right, right. And so early on in your kind of career, did you have a mentor that helped you out along the way? I, so I, I jumped into direct sales literally 20 years ago. So after the T-shirt experience, you know, I got to go to a presentation and they talked about residual income. And it was like, this is it. This is what I've been talking about. You know what I mean? They were talking what I had already sort of believed and they just reconfirmed it. Now, you know, the company that I ended up going with sold services. And when I say services, well, cell phone, internet, you know, AT&T, companies that people all know, we get them a customer, they pay us every month on the bill. So, you know, that was really where I started to get that skill set necessary to go out 
and start to develop teams and develop customer bases and become great with people and do the things that are necessary for success. I had the opportunity now. All I had to do is get the mindset and the skill set. Right, right. Okay. And so kind of jumping back into your, your life story there. So after you were selling those t-shirts and you had a couple of sales jobs, when did you finally start your business, Wealth Institute Incorporated? So I started that within my direct sales company. So what I realized in the direct sales industry is you needed a system like a McDonald's, right? Well, how do you learn? You go to college. So the reason why I called it Wealth Institute is just like any institution, you know, where you go in and you learn a particular way of doing something. So the reason I like Wealth, Wealth Institute is I'm gonna teach you how to get wealthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to teach you all the foundations, the fundamentals and things that you're going to need to do in order to make wealth, you know, and wealth comes through, you know, and I don't want to mean just financial wealth. I think time's also wealthy, you know, wealthy in time. Hey, I got free time. I'm able to go do things. So, you know what I mean? That's where I started that 20 years ago. And over that period of time have then built it to a, you know, a global platform. Okay. So you, you mentor people then on how to create wealth themselves over time. Um, um, so essentially that's kind of like, like an agency in, in a type of way. So, you know, when you first started that, like, what was your business plan and how did you, um, like generate customers or generate hot leads that can lead into good customers? Yeah. Well, great question. A couple of things. Look, when you start something new, you got to start with the people, you know, so, you know what I mean? We all have a warm market. We all have hundreds of people on our cell phone. You know, that's the first step in becoming successful is you got to realize you got to go out and you got to become a raging fan. You know, when I say Tiger Woods, what do you think about? Best golfer. When I say Michael Jordan, what do you think about? Best basketball player. So the point that I'm making is what do people think about when they think of you? So the first thing people got to realize is that you got to become a brand. And whatever that brand is, and I don't care if it's the, you know, the t-shirt guy, the detail guy, the cut the lawn guy, the home business guy, whatever that is, and you got to become that raging fan so that everybody around you knows what your brand is. And they're naturally going to give you, um, if I want to say, uh, leads or referrals or, hey, you should go talk to this person or that person because that's who you are. That's what they know what you're all about. I think most people are a, a walking generality. They don't really have stand for anything. Like I mentioned, I'm looking at these people in the political world saying, if you were that crazy about your business as you are about these freaking, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. dude, you'd be a millionaire. Like, you, you'd have so much yeah. money, you wouldn't even know what to do with it all. But yeah. you're just not that crazy. And you're, you know, uh, for whatever reason, you know, just walking that, that middle road as opposed to realizing, like, ooh, pick a side and go all in, you know? Right. I mean, I completely agree with you. And it's so, so clear to see, like, how people don't actually, like, like really go all in on themselves like ever like in one thing in their life and they always just stay kind of in the middle hot, like hot or not too cold but um like you said i really agree with what you said about the personal branding as well because that's such a huge thing especially now in the digital era like sure. anyone anyone can learn how to make an income from like the internet as long as they build like a good personal brand and build a good um, customer base but you know people just gotta be able to go out there and just try to make other people you know believe in their own brand and, and, and know what you're about, you know, and look, we're all connectors and we have to bring value and we got to believe in what we're doing. And, you know, there's some fundamentals along the way. But, you know, what I see is people waste years of their life. Like, yeah, like, how did you get to here? You know what I mean? You're 52, you're 44, you're 37, you're 28. Like, bro, what happened? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? There's just years of your life. 
you know, or another year 2020 gone. What'd you do? Oh, pandemic, pandemic. Mortgage company don't care about a pandemic. You know what I mean? The right. IRS didn't care about a pandemic. They didn't say no taxes in 2020. They didn't say, hey, listen, don't pay your mortgage. All that stuff's still going to happen. So, right. you know, the reality is, is that I just think people have that, you know, this need, if you will, to have somebody tell them what to do. And you can't be successful with a boss. Right. A boss and success don't go together. They got to take the boss away in order for you to become financially free. And when the boss leaves, guess who becomes the boss? You're the boss. And yeah. people are bad bosses. They let themselves out early. They let themselves out. You know what I mean? Don't have to come in tomorrow. Hey, it's a, you know, it's a holiday. It's Halloween. Like, dude, you, are you Milton Hershey? Like, what the heck's going on? You know what I mean? Other people preparing for Halloween. Like, bro, Halloween don't make any money. Do you right. like Halloween shop or you, are your parents the Hershey's? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Low value stuff. You know, you, you get distracted with low value things. These are made up holidays. These are Hallmark holidays, you know? Right. Yeah. You, they made them up, you know, to make money. Yeah. You always got to be hustling. That's, that's a fact. 100%. It's a seven day a week, 24 hours a day, gun to your head until you make it. And then when you make it, your money starts to make you successful. Then your money's having sex every night and making babies. But right. if you don't have any money, it ain't it ain't having any babies because you don't got anything in there to start to multiply. So right. oh, like pack the bank, put your head down, work until the bank calls you and tells you you have too much money in the bank and you got to move it. So until that day happens, just, you know, and I just find that people have a tendency to not sell out the one thing. Look, I mean, you know, Jeff Bezos was selling books, probably the most unexciting thing you could have done back then. Right. You know what I mean? But hammered it out, didn't stop. It evolved into other things and eventually it became what it is, you know, today. So I just see a lot of start and stops. I see a lot of people get into things and it's like, oh, you know, it's not exciting anymore. Well, it's not going to be. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I know people bitching about America, you know, it's like, oh, it's not exciting anymore. Well, leave, you know, and then you'll see how exciting it is. You know, it's just the point that I'm making is, you know, you got to be willing to do what other people are unwilling to do. And that is to, to stay focused on something like a magnifying glass until it burns right. instead of moving the magnifying glass all over the place. And Hey, I'll try this and I'll try that. And five years here and two years there and 36 months there, instead of just get into one thing and make it work. Right. Right. And I think so many people do what you just said. They switch after one thing doesn't work for like three months and then try yeah. something else and it doesn't work again. Um, I think sometimes it, it can be justifiable to switch, like if you really lose a passion for it. Um, but most of the time they really just, they lose confidence because they're not making money right away. Like you said, um, they didn't really give it a chance to become successful. Last thing to show up is money. You know what I mean? And period. And that's why they pay you, you know, every seven days at a job because they can keep you there. You know, businesses is profits and not wages. And it takes a long time to grow. Look, if you've got a younger audience, I would say, look, live like a live on nothing. You know what I mean? Like I live with 20 roommates. Like I don't ever remember living by myself. You know what I mean? I lived in couches. I paid, you know, as little as possible in the world today. Heck, I'd have, you know what I mean? If I had to go back in time and start tomorrow, I would go direct sales immediately. I would do Uber and Lyft every day. So I got to meet people. I would pitch every human being that got into my car. What, what are you all about? Who are you? Tell me about yourself. You know what I mean? Right. Hey, you know, Buddy, are you interested? I'd have a big ask me what I do for work on my back. You know what I mean? So people would be like, 
what do you do for work? How funny ass, you know, promote the business, you know? So yeah. there's just a million things that somebody could do. Back then, Lyft and Uber didn't exist. You know what I mean? I'm out there selling t-shirts and hustling and doing other stuff. Where now, you know, I mean, you, you, there's a lot of other things you can do to make rent while you work on your fortune. You know what I mean? You got to pay the bills while you work on your fortune, you know, work, work to pay the bills. I used to work to put money into my business to keep my business going. People are like, are you making any money? No, I'm putting money in my business. Like all I'm doing is shoving money in it, but that's my asset. Right. No different if when I owned an apartment building and we had to put new windows in it, we wouldn't sit around and complain, oh my God, we got to spend 50 grand on windows. No, we're going to get rent. Eventually that's going to pay us back and that's our asset. You know, that's, that's what that is. We just live in a world that the educational system isn't teaching us how to become successful financially. They don't teach you the tax system. 1776, remember the big war? Hold it over. <laughs> Wealthy people didn't want to pay taxes. Right. I mean, everything you're saying is so true right now. I really hope everyone who's listening to this like really takes advantage of this because this, this is pure gold. So, um, yeah, for sure. I know math are the obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of people when they try to do starts when they try to start something, they usually tend to start like an agency of some sort. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of what you did with your wealth um, institute. So how were you able to scale that and eventually move away from just you working in your in your own business? Like how were you able to scale that profitably and over time? Again, because of direct sales, direct sales gives you the ability to build a team. Nobody got wealthy on the own two hands. You know, people go, What about LeBron? Yeah, yeah. What about the guy that owns the team? You know what I mean? Like when LeBron's done and, you know, he ain't no longer playing, that guy still owns the team. You know, he's writing the check. Do you want to own the team or be the player? I want to own the team. You know, so the idea is that, you know, you got to have the efforts of other people. The reason why I like direct sales is you can build a team and you get overrides on what they do. So now you're building your community, you're working with people that are like-minded, you're all sharing the personal development, you're all talking about your goals and your dreams, and you're working as a team. And so, you know, there's there's three wealth-based principles. Number one, make money 24 hours a day. Number two, the efforts of other people. And number three, you got to own a business. If you don't check, 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 you'll never be wealthy. Hmm. Wow. Meaning if people go, hey, you know, I got a job. Great. You're being taxed at the highest rate in the United States of America. You cannot sell your job. I don't care if you're the CEO of Disney. They can come in one day and say, I don't like what you said to the secretary or, hey, I didn't know you were a Christian or, wow, didn't know you were Muslim or, hey, didn't know you smoked or whatever they want to come up with. So, you know what I mean? That job mentality, look, ain't nobody getting rich with a job. You know, no, number two is the make money 24 hours a day. That's why most people go, hey, I'm working more hours. Yeah, because you only make money when you're working. You got to figure out how to make money when you're sleeping. And the third thing is the efforts of others. Show me somebody successful and I'll show you somebody has the efforts of other people. Right. Wow. Yeah. And those those are all three very powerful that people should should definitely take advantage of. It's simple. Look, getting wealthy is simple. The problem is most people aren't even trying. Like if we were giving one job away at FedEx for $60,000 or saying, hey, you can start a business for $200, everybody would be in line at the FedEx. You know what I mean? Waiting for the job for 60 grand instead of, hey, 200 bucks and I can start my own business. How does that work? You know what I mean? It's just counterculture. And that's where, you know, people like you, Will, and others that are sort of getting the word out. I think there's a next generation of you, Will, of people that are sort of growing up like, hey, I'm not going to end up where my parents did. You know, they sacrificed a lot and, you know, don't have much to show for it and didn't have a bunch of memories of, you know, helicopter trips in, in Hawaii or, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know, it's one thing if I go, hey, I didn't see my dad, but he sent a Bentley to get me from school every day. 
yeah, I get it. You know, it's another thing to say, I didn't see my dad and he drove a caravan. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, like not always like, like doesn't necessarily mean like, like if you're a really hard worker, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get rich. Like if that was the case, farmers or like construction workers would be really rich, but that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. And I really love, love what you said about the job and, you know, kind of looking from like my perspective as a younger person, like so many people and parents are like in the same situation as they were 40 years ago and they never really seem to be making advantage or being able to get that car that they always wanted or, you know, and sometimes, like you said, like your dad got fired from his job and he was a really good salesperson for him and he still got fired. So it's still unstable and he's still just, it's just, it's, it's just confusing. No, 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 no. Look, the president of the country is worried about his job right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, who doesn't, you know, he's got, he's got a job. He's out there trying to keep his job. You know, someone's trying to take his job. You know, yeah. if, but if, look, if you look around and just walk into people's houses, how many people, when you walk into their house, you know, do they have, books on the table that say think and grow rich or how many of them have you know what I mean the you know I bought this magazine before I could even afford it yeah, yeah. look you yeah. know Rob report you know what I mean the, yeah. the average reader makes a half a million dollars a year you know why because the average readers looking in here talking about you know things that you know the latest yachts and you know what I mean how right. much you can you know right so I was buying this magazine because before I could afford the magazine because what goes in here becomes here you know what you hold in your head you can hold in your hand so i was feeding my brain i was rich before i was rich you know i was i was driving a bentley before i was driving a bentley i was wearing a rolex before i was wearing a wallet i mean i was thoroughly convinced um that i was going to have those things and even today you know i mean this still serves me well i i write my goals down every day (laughs) every day i write my goals every single day and people go well, you know, it, it costs nothing. You know what I mean? How can your how can your brain work on something you're not telling it? You got to have the map. You know what I mean? I'm I'm always telling my brain here. This is what we're doing. You know, I'm the conductor. Right, and I I'm a huge believer in just like basically what you're doing. Write down your goals every day because if you think it's true, eventually it will be true. I'm a huge believer in that. And like, only way you're going to become rich and wealthy is if you act like you already are rich and wealthy and you're working like you want to get there. You, so. Your subconscious mind doesn't know any difference. You know, I mean, you can sit here and we could talk about a lemon long enough and finally our mouth is watering. <laughs> and we didn't even, all we did is talked about it, you know, because our body's responding to what our mind is telling it. And so, you know, this is what's so powerful. And these are concepts and ideas. Once I got into it, I couldn't go back. You know what I mean? I was dying before I wasn't going to make it. You know, my friends are like, dude, when are you going to get a job? Never. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, it's never going to happen. I will always be period done. And I think once you come to that place in life, it's like, okay, great. You're not going back and, you know, dig into books, you know, dig into audios, dig into podcasts, dig into things that are going to feed your mind and pull the weeds of, of negativity out of your brain. You know, because right. weeds will come without doing anything. You know, you will get fat if you don't do anything. You know, rust <laughs> will come if you don't do anything. This is the negative pull of the earth. I mean, this is, you know, it's designed to pull us down, not pick us up. That's why so few people break through is because we're all dealing with the same stuff. Right, right. I, I completely agree with everything you just said. And so before we run out of time here, I just got one final question for you. Um, so if you had to pinpoint something, I mean, exactly what did you do differently from others to become successful? Like if you could generalize it, just be one thing, what would you say it was? It's, 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 you know, getting around successful people 
And the reason that I believe, and again, look, well, people call me every day going, Patrick, will you invest in this? And will you invest in that? And they want me to invest in things. And I make, you know, I've got money and I've invested in things. But I don't invest in things. I invest in people. And one thing that I find when I meet people, I'm like, well, go do two years of direct sales and then come see me. Because then you've already figured it all out. You realize that your friends are probably not going to be your friends long term because you're going into a different direction. Like Jay-Z ain't hanging out with his old boys in the block. He's hanging out with Oprah and people have G5 jets. So can we agree as much as he likes to say, oh, I'm still with he ain't with any of those people. He's in St. Parts and you know what I mean? They're, they're still in Brooklyn, trust me. So, yeah. you know, some of these things that we have to figure out to become successful, direct sales gives you that ability to learn the skill set necessary and it doesn't cost you money. You know what I mean? Like everything else costs you money, you know, and, you, and how you learn in business is you lose money. And most people can't weather the storm of losing money where, you know, in this business, like I mentioned, it doesn't cost money. It just costs time. And, you know, that's probably what most people have more of more time than money. Right. That is so powerful. And actually, like most people actually had on my podcast have said they were in sales early on in their career. And it's not a, not a coincidence because obviously it helps them get the right mindset, teaches them about money. And then here they are in the future making millions of dollars every year. So, yeah, well, appreciate all you're doing, my friend, and uh, keep the good work up. And I hope that we brought some value to somebody out there or lots of people out there that are like us that just say, hey, look, I just got to find my tribe. Of course. All right, guys, there you have it. Patrick Mazur, thank you so much for joining me today. This episode was sponsored by Ruben Alvarez from In For The Kill podcast. Check out his YouTube channel for product reviews, mindset videos, and interviews. If you want to receive updates about when future episodes will be coming out, please visit willholdren.com and join the email list. We hope you love today's episode.